Welcome to Grace Capital Church Podcast, broadcasting from our Pembroke campus. Last week, it took a lot for me to do that because I, I do know the only banner we want to wave high in church is the name of Jesus. However, however... I also knew that if for some reason from now on you would hold this against me and you would not listen to what I said any longer because I kind of was like not as excited as you were for the Patriots. Who won last week? Oh, okay. We're going to move right along into the spiritual matters of this. We do not want... Fight! 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 Not in church. Not in church. All right. Well, here's the reality of it. Okay. So we have these places of excitement in our life, like the Patriots, and, uh, but we are on this series called The Pioneer's Path, and today, today... We're going to be talking about the three ways to stay on track. We have a mission to be on. God has called each one to accomplish something of great significance for him. But the challenge of this pioneer's path is we tend to get so loaded, we pack up our lives with things that we find that we actually get slowed down, bogged down, or even off track. I want to tell you, the, when the children of Israel were freed out of Egypt, they were in the desert for how long? 40 years. Do you realize that their trek could have taken 11 days? But because of what they were packing in three areas that we're going to go over today, they got lost, they wandered, they circled, And many of them actually didn't actually enter the promised land. But that's not going to happen to you because we're going to learn about these three ways to stay on track. What do we have to unpack from our lives? Let me just hit the review though. Week one, we said knowing your pioneer call requires hearing the voice of a pioneering God. We realize that we cannot go out on this mission that we have without first listening to the voice of God, and we connected it to Moses in the burning bush. God spoke to Moses in the burning bush. Next week, we heard from Pastor Richie, and he says that we need to move from the call to the call to action, because we can hear God's voice so many times, but then we say, "Uh, maybe I'm not going to do anything with that, and we encouraged you to say, you can't stay on the sidelines, you've got to get in the game, and you have to respond with action steps in your life to respond to the call. And then last week, we talked about how persistence precedes the promise. And it was Moses being rejected 10 times by Pharaoh that he had to persist through that, um, through that pain, through that difficult time to set them on the journey for the promise. And then last, in the midweek, I gave you a little midweek re- recap, and I said, so much of the times it's that the process of persistence that actually produces character in our lives. So don't get discouraged if you find like, how come there's not the breakthrough yet? How come we haven't followed something? How come we haven't seen the promise yet? Look for those moments that God might be doing something in your character in that process. Well, if you have your Bibles, let's turn to First Corinthians, First Chronicles, sorry, First Chronicles, that's Old Testament Chronicles, 29 verse 15. 
Chronicles is next to Kings. If you want to get there, we can read this together. I'll wait a few moments for you. It says this, for we are strangers before you and sojourners as all of our fathers were. Now, this is interesting. This is King David who's speaking this. And he says this, our days on earth are like a shadow and there is no abiding. The days on earth are like a shadow and there's no abiding. This is King David as he is getting ready to install his son, Solomon, Bathsheba's son, to be the next king. They're in the process of building the, the temple and what they realize is David who dies at the age of 70 and this time frame is about 971 BC, almost 900 years before Jesus comes on the scene. David understands after all of his victories, after all of his accomplishments, after all of his wealth, after all of his kingdom, he says these words that we are to be like strangers, sojourners, we, in other words, pioneers, just like our fathers were. And our days on earth are like shadow, like a shadow and there's no abiding. This word abiding is, it's like, just don't get too comfortable and plant. There's something about age that helps you create some reflection and perspective on life. I love talking to people on their last days of life. Because I always ask them that same question. What would you do differently? What did you do that you wish you didn't do? Because there's something about perspective at that moment. And I, I, would ne- I never hear anybody say, I wish I worked more. I, I wish I would have saved more money. What I hear them say is, I wish I would have spent more time with family. I wish I would have taken more risks. And I wish I probably would have pursued my relationship with the Lord more heartily. If they were a Christian. They don't talk about possessions. They don't talk about their recognition of their name. They don't talk about making, you know, to be noticed in the world. They talk about the things that they realized were more legacy things of what are they passing on to the next generation. As pioneers who are followers of Jesus, guess what? There are people who are going to follow us and what legacy are we going to leave them? And as long as we have so much stuff in our lives, these things that we pack in our lives that we have to learn to unpack, we are so bogged down with life that we have become sedentary and we're no longer able to run the pioneer's path. We're no longer able to run the race that we've been asked to run. So today we're going to talk about what do we need to unpack from our lives and really what are we carrying There's some things that we're carrying in three parts of of who we are. We're carrying things in our mind, we're carrying things in our heart, and we're carrying some things in our wallet that we have to learn how to unpack some things. So today, we're going to start with what are you carrying in your mind? What are you carrying in your mind? Mark 4 verse 19 says, the cares of the world. He talks about the cares of the world. And guess what? There are cares in this world. You can probably have a a whole list of things that that are challenging for you in your mind. But he says, the cares of this world are like snares. I was watching a 
uh, an Alaskan show about trapping. Uh, over Christmas time, I was actually had a little time. I usually don't watch a lot of TV, but I was like, I have some time. And so I got into this show about them trapping. And, and what, a, what a snare is, is it's a, a wire that the, the animal goes through and doesn't know that this wire is going to entrap them. And so until they go through it, and then it snares them and becomes a noose around their neck. And we say the cares of this world can easily become this noose around our neck that, we, that begins to choke us out. Romans 12.2 says this. By the way, if you're taking notes, I would encourage you to take some notes. I go pretty quick on this. And I want you to go back and spend some time with this. And, and in your life group as well, you want to bring some of these scriptures to the table and bring them, discuss them in your life group. Romans 12.2. Do not be conformed to this world... In other words, don't take on the thinking of this world, but be transformed by the renewal of your mind that by, the, by testing you may discern what is the will of God. Interesting, by testing, which means there's probably going to be a test that you will have to go through. But in that testing, it will help you to discern the will of God, what is good and acceptable and perfect. He says, renew your mind. Keep coming back to thinking on the things of God. But what is in your mind? Is it worry? Is it negativity? I'll tell you, this world, I, I don't really watch a lot of news because it places fear in you. It places negativity in you because they need a news story and they need to create some hype. Now, I get the news. I just don't watch the news. But do you find that you're, you're speaking things that are more negative? Are you, you finding that you're thinking on things that are negative? Or are you thinking this way? Philippians 4.8 says, Whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think on these things. Philippians 4.8, if you struggle with negativity, if you struggle with depression, if you struggle with your thought life is going into bad places, post that verse somewhere and say, okay, run it through the filter. Is it true? Is it honorable? Is it just? Is it pure? Is it lovely? Is it commendable? Is it excellent? And if it's not, say, I got to get rid of this. I need to unpack this out of my mind because it is not helping me get on the pioneer's path to where I need to go. Children of Israel, that's what they struggled with. They, got they went through the Red Sea. Okay, God delivers them finally. Comes to the Red Sea. Moses prays, holds up his arms, and, and God performs a miracle, separates the water. They go through. Now they're in the desert. And God's providing for him in the way that God wants to provide for him. And yet, they all get negative. What? We're eating quail again? Manna again? Come on, God. But it was in that very negativity. It was in that, that you know, Moses, where are you? You're up on some mountain. You know, like, well, you brought us out in the desert to die? Church, I, I want us to watch what we think about. Because what we think about will take you somewhere. And if you're thinking negative thoughts, it will take you to negative places. But if you think 
on these things. If you think about Jesus and what he's done and you start understanding what is pure, what is holy, and you think on those things, it will take you to someplace good. What you're thinking about. You know, it was their attitude, the children of Israel, that became their detour. The critical of leadership, we know better. Critical of their circumstances, fear dominated over faith. And they lost their vision of God's preferred future. We can cloud our minds so much that we no longer can see the great things that God has in store for us. So we need to think about what do we need to unpack from our minds. First, what are we carrying? Do a little mental synopsis, a little inventory right now. What are you carrying? Maybe jot some of those things down. Hey, you know, I, I'm carrying, I notice I'm thinking a lot on these things lately. I, I just feel some conviction right now from the Holy Spirit that I shouldn't be thinking about those things. Jot them down saying, you know what? I need to unpack that from my mind. Because all it's doing is it's creating a detour for me on this pioneer's path. Number two, we're going to say, what are you carrying in your heart? What are you carrying in your heart? You see, the things that we carry in our heart can also bog us down if they're not the right things. And they can also give us a detour if they are not the right things. Things in your heart like bitterness, resentment, being ungrateful, bad attitudes of the heart, blaming God for past difficulties or things that have happened. We start storing those things in our heart and we realize that it begins to take us somewhere, but it's never intended to take us where God wanted us to go because it's not things of God. Bitterness, anger, rage, the things that come out of our heart. That's why in Proverbs 4.23, it says, guard your heart above all things. Guard, that means look after, protect, care. Guard your heart above all things because out of it is the wellspring of life. The wellspring of life. Your heart. What is in your heart? What are you keeping? What are you carrying in your heart? Are you carrying unforgiveness in your heart? Guess what? It's weighing you down. It's taking you off course. It's kind of like you're walking sideways with these things in your heart. And has anybody spun you around like 30 times and asked you to walk in a straight line? You're like walking side, and you, you can't get there because as hard as you try, you're off kilter. And that's what happens when we start carrying those things in our heart. No matter how hard we try to go straight, it's pulling us to this place we were never intended to be. Israel faced this in their heart, discontentment, ungrateful in their heart. They started to desire to go back to Egypt. I'll tell you what, some of you gotten free and then all of a sudden he said, well, maybe my past life wasn't so bad and, and following Jesus seems to maybe not be quite as fun as I once had and you go think you want to go back to an old life. Guess what? Our old lives were lives in slavery. They're not as pretty as you might think they are. 
And I think, see, the children of Israel looked at their circumstance at the moment and they forgot to look at what God, and they maybe didn't have the vision for it, but they needed to trust God that he was bringing them to someplace great. I think we look at our circumstance in life and say, well, wait a second, I don't have, I don't, I'm not where I want to be. And then we start saying, well, well, are you really there, God? Do you really care for me, God? Or are we short-sighted to realize that it's the process to get there? But as long as we're packing some of that stuff in our heart, I want to bring up a, a topic about that for a moment, about what's in our heart. There's some things in our past, and by the way, we all have a past. We call them skeletons in a closet, right? To define our past. There are things that, that once were alive in our past that are still kind of make up who we are, but, but they're in the past. But I've been finding as I've been chatting with some of you guys over the last couple weeks, God's stirring and he's moving. And, and what I'm realizing is those things from the past are not, no longer staying in the past. They're they're coming along with you. It's like you're trying to carry the coffin of these bones. And you're trying to carry them wherever you're going. And you're wondering why you try to go through a doorway. And you like, you can't go because you're carrying the coffin. You're carrying your bones. And you're trying to help them still stay alive. And they've defined you. And you keep carrying them with you. And then you realize, just wait a second. Why can I not get through the doors of opportunity? Why can I not get through this door? Why can I not see freedom and breakthrough? It's because you needed to have a funeral. And leave those bones behind you. Buried. And don't pick them up again. Today, we're going to have an opportunity to have a burial. Some of you have been carrying around these dead bones that still stink like death, and they're following you wherever you're going because you're still carrying them. And we're going to bury them once and for all today. At the end of the service, we're going to do that. But what are you carrying? And I would say, what are you carrying in your heart? And we're going to say, write those things down. Unforgiveness, bitterness, envy, jealousy. Why am I not further along in my life than that person? We're about the same age. Look at all they have, and I don't have that. Godliness with contentment is great gain, the Bible says. Number three, what are you carrying in your wallet? What are you carrying in your wallet? And a lot of you have a lot of plastic in your wallet, and you're going, ching, 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 and then the bills are coming. But really, we're, we're talking about these things that are possessions. Nothing wrong with possessions, nothing wrong with money. The, so many people misinterpret the scripture. It says that money's evil. There's nothing evil with money. It says the root of evil. In other words, we have to watch what possessions do. Jesus spoke about money a lot of times, a lot in the New Testament. I hope it's the New Testament. That's when we read about Jesus, right? Although Jesus is in creation, a little rabbit trail for a moment. Go back to Genesis when God says the word us, Jesus was in creation. All right, that was a freebie. 
Going back to the topic. (laughs) See, if we're not careful, the blessings of God can become the beast that burden. Is so true. The blessings of God can become the beast of burden. And our possessions in not in their proper place can possess you. See, possessions are meant to serve you, but so often out of their proper place, our possessions begin to become our taskmaster. The children of Israel was the taskmaster. By the way, in, in Egypt, it wasn't that they were slaves like you thought of, um, maybe of early American slave, slavery, where they're in rags and they're in chains and that type of thing. The slavery back, the children of Israel, they were being so prosperous that the Pharaoh was really concerned that they're going to join forces with a neighboring country and overtake Egypt, which was the most powerful country at the time. But because of their concern and their fear of their prosperity, the Pharaoh then put a tax on them. It was a labor tax. Basically, they had to work for a month of the year. And so you would be brought into hard labor to continue to build the kingdom that the Pharaoh wanted to have built. And these people would, even though they were prospering in their life, they were under an oppression to to serve the Pharaoh. And God saw that and he wanted to bring them out. Interesting thing though, when he brought them out, along with them, you would think, oh, they didn't have much. I'll tell you what, they were very wealthy. Right before they were brought out, God said he would prosper them and the Egyptians would turn over all their gold and silver with them. And so they left with a lot of gold. The problem being though, is what was intended for their blessing ended up becoming their curse. They ended up, when Moses went up to Mount Sinai to get the Ten Commandments, the people were saying, well, where's Moses now? Watch their heart condition. And they started complaining against God, and they're saying, hey, Aaron, make us a god. We, we want to make sure, we want to know that we have some connection. You know, Moses is gone and we're out in the wilderness now. What do we look at? How do we, where do we put our focus? And they put their focus, Aaron said, well, gather all the gold. And they made this golden calf. And their possessions eventually became their idol. And how often can that be for us that the very things that God has given us to be a blessing eventually becomes an idol? Our early founders knew this. They knew the dangers of resources and money. And that's why they imprinted on our money in God we trust. We don't trust our money. We trust God. Why is it say in Matthew 19, 24, that it's so much harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God? That goes on to say, than a camel to go through an eye of a needle. The interesting thing about camels, they were, they were used for transportation and packing a lot of goods. And these camels would be so packed down. And some would say the eye of the needle is going through the city gate. And it would be very difficult for a camel to get through there. They'd have to bend down, they'd have to unpack all the camel to be able to get through. How much possessions have we packed into our life that it is no longer 
serving us that we have now become to serve the, the, the possessions and the realities. Now they're an idol for us because now we're serving them and not serving God. And it really boils down to trust. In God, we trust. I've been thinking about this and, and people come, people have a hard time giving to God. Now we know tithe is an Old Testament principle, 10% Old Testament principle. Actually, that's wrong. It actually is 22% if you really looked at what it meant back then. 22% that they were supposed to give of their income. Today, New Testament, New Covenant, which really always upped the game in the New Covenant. But the heart is generosity and that we would give back to the Lord. Why? God knew that the challenge for us is our possessions could possess us. And he's saying, I want you to trust me more than trusting you. But here's the interesting thing. We trust God with our lives when we come and say, Jesus, I give you my life. I trust that you went to the cross for me and that you're going to give me eternal life. We, we can trust him with that. But then when it comes to our money and say, God says, hey, I want you to be a blessing to me and his church. And I want you to give freely, not under compulsion, a cheerful giver. I give freely. I was like, uh, I don't have enough, God. So you trust him with your life, but you don't trust him with your resources. That doesn't make sense to me. Either he says who he says and he is who he is, or he's not. He wants to be our provider. He wants to be our God. He wants to be our good shepherd. He wants to love on us. He wants to bless us. But the reason why he says it's harder for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God, and I believe the kingdom starts here and now, you don't have to wait to go to heaven to experience the kingdom, is because if we're not, if we have so much resource that we're trusting in that, we no longer are under his covering of care and protection. If we try to use our own finances to care for our own needs, that we're saying, God, we don't need you. But when we give a portion of our income back to God, we're saying, God, I trust you with whatever's left. That you have greater ability to multiply, to care for, to look after, to protect the little that I'm keeping or the great that I'm keeping, whatever is on your heart. My question is, is do, do we try to hold on to everything so tightly that actually the thing that we're supposed to unpack from our wallet, what are we, we're saying, what are we carrying in our wallet? We're actually supposed to release, un, unpack a portion of it to God so we can understand, God, you are our provider, not me. So what happens when we carry the wrong stuff on this pioneer's path? Whether we're carrying it in our mind, carrying it in our heart, carrying it in our wallet, what happens? What happens is we get so bogged down in life and we're wondering why we can't get anywhere is maybe because we're holding on to too much stuff. When you look at a hiker going on a, a hike through the mountains... Do you see them carrying a toboggan and a wagon? Do you see them, you know, mounded up with all kinds of stuff and they're just trying to take it all with them while they're going? 
No, it'd be ludicrous. They've got this little pack and away they go and they got the right, they're going lean and mean. Go do their thing. We joke about it, right? We say, hey, have you ever seen a U-Haul go to somebody's funeral, you know, tying all their stuff behind them and they're gonna take it with them? No, it doesn't. But yet we, we spend so much time and energy in our mind and our heart and our stuff thinking and holding on to the wrong things. And like King David with that verse that we started with, he says, we are sojourners. In other words, we're passing through. When you really think about how short life is, we have one moment in time to make a difference for the kingdom of God. But yet we get so busy and preoccupied in our mind and our heart and our stuff with the stuff that we're dragging with us and we're wondering why we can't get anywhere. And today God is encouraging us to unpack some things that we've been holding on to for too long. And he says, it's time to get a little bit freer. It's time to let go of a little bit more so you can be effective to run this race that God has called you to run. I love this verse. I love this verse. It says this in Hebrews 12, 1 through 2. Therefore, since we're surrounded by a great cloud of witnesses, which some would say would be angels, it's, it's a great thing to know that we have angels around us. Let us throw off everything that hinders. Can you just say throw off? throw off? Let us throw off everything that hinders and the sin that so easily entangles. And let us run with perseverance the race marked out for us, fixing our eyes on Jesus, the pioneer the perfecter of our faith. That word pioneer is in the NIV translated. Some versions will say the author or the creator. And the NIV says, fixing your eyes on Jesus, the pioneer, the perfecter of our faith. Here it is that we are to throw off those things that are not useful for this journey that he's been calling us on. So today... We're going to empty some closets. We're going to have a funeral. We're going to unload the weights in your heart of bitterness, anger, resentment, discontentment. We're going to get rid of the stuff in our mind of negative thinking, of critical. And we're going to lay it down today. Because if we don't, God's going to still love you. If you've professed Jesus as your Lord and Savior, you'll still get to heaven. But you're going through life not being able to run the race that you've been called to. And you're running, wondering why you're running sideways with all this heavy weight. And why am I circling the mountain for the fourth time? Why am I not getting further ahead in accomplishing the things that I feel like God has for me? And just maybe, just maybe you're holding on to too much stuff in your mind, your heart, and your wallet. Now today I'm going to ask you to lay some things down. 
how this is going to go is basically you're going to come forward as a representation is I'm coming and I'm getting rid of something. I've carried it too long. Now, if you don't come forward and you say, well, uh, it's just symbolic. It is symbolic. But there's something about a, a physical response that I also believe helps us to walk down out with greater courage and freedom. But, but I want you to lay those things down, but I'm going to ask you to pick something else up. The Bible tells us that we're supposed to carry something. We're going to lay down those things that so easily ensnare us, but we're going to pick up the cross of Jesus Christ. Some people would think that that verse was talking about, oh, the cross we have to bear. You know, we, we've got to, we got to carry the cross like Jesus as if it is a burden for us to carry. And I'll tell you what, that's not what it means from my understanding. Or let me give you another perspective to that. It's not a burden. It's not this big heavy thing for you to carry. I'll tell you what the cross is. When you pick up the cross, you're picking up your salvation. When you pick up the cross, you're picking up your healing. When you pick up the cross, you're picking up your freedom. When you pick up the cross, you're picking up joy. When you pick up the cross, you're picking up peace. And those things give you life. And those things help you run the race. See, that's what the cross represents. When Jesus says, pick up your cross daily, that's what he's saying. He knows every day that we have to choose to keep coming to the cross and pick up the things that the cross represents. Forgiveness. Who do you need to forgive? Love. Who do you need to love? Pick up love. We need to experience Christ's love, but we also need to extend these things of the cross. Pick up all the things that the cross represents. But so often our hands are so full, our lives are so full, our minds are so full with all the other stuff, we can't even imagine picking anything else up. So that's why we first need to lay some things down. So then we can leave here picking something up that's going to give you life, that's going to give you freedom, that's going to help you get on this pioneer's path, that you're going to run with endurance following Jesus Remember, it starts with Jesus. Don't forget this, guys. All the way along the way, the path, we got to say, God, what are you saying? Jesus, what are you saying? Holy Spirit, I want to follow you. I want to go after you. Just close your eyes for a moment, if you will. I want you just to reflect on those things that you're carrying that you know you shouldn't be carrying. Anger, bitterness, discontentment, critical thinking, negativity. I want you to start thinking about the stuff that you own or that you rent or that you lease in your bank account do you own it or does it own you 
Are you serving it or is it serving you? Is it helping you to accomplish the call that God has given you in your life or is it robbing you of your time, of your energy, of your focus? If we can stand to your feet as we sing this song in closing, I want you to respond to the Lord, to lay down those things that you know that you need to lay down. This is between you and the Lord. He knows. But then I also want you, after you lay it down, I want you to pick up his cross and everything the fullness of that cross means. Pick up his healing. If you need healing in your body, physical healing, that's what the cross has done for us. That's what Jesus has done for us. If you need healing in your mind because you're facing depression, that's what Jesus, his cross has done for us. As much as I'm gonna ask people just to come at their own free will and just say, hey, I'm just gonna meet with God. If you want prayer, just slip up your hand and we've got elders and a prayer team who will say, they'd love to come around to you and just stand with you and pray. But not for everybody. You just come forward and lay your stuff down and for some reason, there's a, so many people want to come forward. Just come to the aisle. Do something. Move out of your seat. Just don't stay where you are. Do something to respond to what God is doing. All right. We good? I love you. Jesus loves you. You're going to lay some things down. You're going to pick up the cross. And you're going to get on this pioneer's path. And you're going to make a difference in this world for Jesus Christ. Thank you for listening to the Grace Capital Church podcast. If you'd like to know more about this podcast and the mission that we have in New England, or if this podcast has been a blessing to you and you would like to support this ministry financially, please visit us online at gccnh.com.